Monday Night Raw podcast from the shadows. Blake doing the damn thing. WWE. Low frazzled this morning. Pardon me yesterday. You know, coming off a long weekend with all of that sports entertainment. I needed a day to myself. And that's just what that was. But, you know, we here for this. Enjoy doing the podcast and speaking about all of the fun events that took place on Monday Night Raw. I believe we opened up the show with the Men's Royal Rumble winner. And I'm going to still call the women the women. I'm sorry. I'm just calling that out now. I'm going to call the women the women. Like, they, what, what changed? What, what, what's the difference between the men and the women? Well, I mean, gender specifics aside, men are different than women in many ways. And one reason why I appreciate the women's division the way I do is because they're able to do what the men do, but the idea of really just empowering other women that are forced to be reminded that they're women regularly, that's something that I think you can't take away. Now, again, I don't book this stuff. I don't create this stuff. All I do is try to help out in my very, very, very minuscule way. I'm going to say women's champions. I'm going to say all the rest of that. And we just going to go with that. Drew McIntyre come out. Good promo from Drew. But at this point, I'm pretty sure we all seen the replays. We've seen how I work. Do what you want. It's uh, It was a good promo from Drew. Of course. Royal Rumble promo for the winner is always one that you can eat. Like, it's pretty much already, you know, set up for you. So all you got to do is knock it out the park. And that's exactly what Drew McIntyre did. And he wanted to have a Claymore party. So what did he do? He invited somebody out. Not only did we get one person, but we got two of the three members of the OC willing to take on in the fight between, uh, well, not between, but in, in the Claymore party. Okay, so Drew McIntyre takes on both, picks up a victory in no time flat, and there that goes. You know, uh, it's good for Drew. I've been saying it. I'm one that really enjoys uh, helping cultivate superstars in the small ways that I can, along with the rest of the fans in the WWE universe that truly do enjoy uh, seeing superstars come up. And we all said Drew McIntyre was uh, was a definite candidate for being the guy eventually. He's getting his opportunity and he's taking the most advantage of it. So there that goes. I actually expect nothing less. So now it's, all right, go free, fly, fly. Sink or swim is how Heyman called it a long time ago with Roman. And that's how I feel with Drew. I know he going to swim, though. So at this point, it's just like, yo, go do your thing, my brother. You going to do your thing. And best of luck against the reigning defender and undisputed world heavyweight champion of the world, Brock Lesnar. That was pretty funny. I said that like that. Anyway, okay. Now that on to this MVP match, I like to try to be an optimist. I like to try to, you know, have the superstars know, you know, that they can still do all that they love to do. Now, a superstar like MVP, I thought was old getting back in the ring. Now, we're going to put all the botches aside. He still knows what he's doing in the ring. From a fundamental space, maybe he could, you know, use a little bit of brushing up, a little bit of skill sharpening. I get that. I get that. Yeah, he's still been on the indie scene, but from the moments I had seen in the early part of the match, it just looked like maybe MVP winded himself toward the end of the match. I'm not even about to get into that 619. That shit was crazy. 
it was another moment where they look a little crazy. The Hurricanes was a little off. But if MVP is sticking around for the long haul, if he's sticking around just till Mania, if he's sticking around after Mania, who knows? Uh, I mean, you know, hit up the hit up the performance center, you know, like and, and get some of that going, like and work. Think about the stamina because you don't want to get so winded so fast and just getting caught up in the high of the crowd because like they've been teaching us for years that is a moment and those moments are fleeting we have to move on to the next one really really fast so i mean like and we're not taking away from any moments at all because these moments are very special but at the end of the day mvp's moment from the rumble and last night looks like they ran their course i mean i don't want to say i don't want to see him in the ring again it's not even up to me to begin with but uh you know if he comes back to the ring hopefully He's a little sharper than what most of the WWE universe were thinking. I thought he did, uh, you know, okay with all things considered. It could have been better, but it most definitely could have been worse. So that was Ray Mysterio versus MVP. Is uh, I mean the the six one nine to the back. I mean, yo, whatever. Alistair Black took on uh, Unlo Kale in a matchup, and uh, I mean it was a quick match. This is like basically like a minute long, if that, with the entrances and all the rest of it. It was good stuff, you know, like AB kicked the shit out of this guy and then cut the promo uh, saying, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not picking up. Well, I'm not waiting for nobody to pick a fight with me now. Put the whole Royal Locker Room on notice that he's running and trying to pick fights with them. So that could be fairly interesting from, you know, from this guy, from, from, his, from his standpoint, like we're going to see who he's beating up, who he's running circles around, see what type of matches he's going to have. It sounds like an exciting time for him coming up. And, you know, we're all we're all here for it. So let's see what Alistair Black uh, brings to the, the forefront in the coming weeks. Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens, uh, I believe they were slotted for a tag team championship opportunity or a matchup against the new tag team champions, uh, Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins. I am not against uh, these ideas. You know what I mean? Like, they're doing the tag team thing and championships right now. They seem fresh again. They seem like they matter again. Yeah, it's a little bit of a hodgepodge, uh, you know, tag team with, with both sides. But with these changes that are taking place in WWE, with the tag team championships being highlighted like this, and they feeling like something because superstars that mean something, like, you know, like that are really popular are going for them. It's like, wow. And it's an odd couple thing. Y'all know I kind of like the odd couple thing. Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy, I've been said, was money. They're not really trying to run with the AOP too, too much. It's like, all right, well, the dynamic, I think the people are missing it. The AOP looks like they down with Seth, but, you know, DTA, that's just how I feel about it. But at the same time, it is good to have some muscles watching your back, seemingly. With that, uh, Samoa Joe KO. You know, they can't trust each other. I'm going to continue uh, scripting it from my side like this. If it's different, it's different. It'll be funny to see these guys with the tag team championships if they have to turn on each other eventually. But at the same time, it's uh, still very, very good stuff that, you know, we've got these elements of who knows what's going to take place between Buddy Murphy and Samoa, um, excuse me, between Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe uh, in regards to just them being a unit now how long is this gonna last are they gonna remain a tag team if they win and then lose the tag team championships uh, like you know these small questions but it, it's all good either way the, the 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 opening promo was very comical 
if you really, uh, if you understand where they were coming from with, oh, I knew that you knew that I knew, like, all right, I'm not about to do this. A hilarious little tennis match between uh, Seth and Kevin, excuse me, Kevin Owens, but all in all, they had a good match. Joey seems to have injured himself. I don't know. We don't know if this was a part of it. We don't know if, if, uh, we don't know. We don't know. Uh, Seth and Buddy Murphy picked up the victory. If Smojo is actually hurt himself, then I hope he's good now. Like, for real, just outside of storyline. Inside of storyline, if he hurt himself, that was a, a pretty okay element to add to the match. But Joey did look like he took some real bad falls with those uh, torpedo suicide dives he was throwing out there. Which did look good, but it's like, oh man. I, I don't even want to call out proneness on Samoa Joe's part anymore. Because I don't want to put that energy out there toward him. I, I just hope that he's able to get back in there next week. And, uh, you know, just continue on with the storyline with Kevin Owens and, you know, Samoa Joe and, well, excuse me, Kevin Owens and uh, Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. It'll be cool. But the tag team champions do retain, which continues that storyline. The United States Championship was on the line next up with Umberto Carrillo taking on Andrade. Now, uh, WWE done talked about it. They done brought it up, uh, you know, used it. Like for like, I guess we just continuing the storyline. But apparently, Andrade has been suspended for 30 days. Get back soon, man, and we hope all goes well. Uh, I think it's just uh, simple politics. Uh, I we just hope the best for him. Same way we was hoping the best for Robert Roode. We hoping it's same for Andrade. He uh, went in there, had a good match against Carrillo. All right, I said it was important for Carrillo. Him a lot DDT outside uh, after the match. Uh, because Lena Vega threw the well made this made the disqualification happen. Okay, not bad. Carrillo needs more strikes. Carrillo needs more offense. I'm saying that it's and, and I mean I'm one to talk, but at the same time, it's like there there are ways to get you over. It's more than just the dimples and the cute face or pause. But it's like like arm I heard it. Somebody said arm drags ain't gonna get it cutesy arm drags and nice little flips ain't gonna get it and this isn't coming at umberto at all but we need to see uh, a more explosive offense from him he's got a good song he had a good song but this one is much better you know like this 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 up and coming upstart like they giving him the ricochet and that's not fronting on my son rico you know what i'm saying like i like at this point we all know rico could go in the ring i think personally the times we don't see him on TV, he's working on his promos. That's my assumption. I could be 100% wrong on that. But this is the way I'm going to decide to see it because I believe in Ricochet. I do. I do. Like, let's make no mistake about that. I think he's great. But right now, that, that young upstart, that, that happy to be here, that shit is not getting it. But, but that, that only works for like three weeks. Huh. Hashtag three week motherfucking upstarts. That, that shit do not work after a while because it's like, okay, just like WWE has conditioned, and that's a quote from everyone else, wins. Wins are the only thing that matters in a business where wins and losses don't matter. I'm not going to sit here and try to make sense of it. I think King had a great way of saying it, said I could explain it to you, but I can't make it make sense. Or some shit like that on Raw. Very good stuff. Shouts to commentary on Raw. Hope Vic Joe, uh, you know. Uh, there's going to be something else for him If he ain't already doing something else Like main event I don't really know I can't speak on what, Why the decisions we made That they were made I, I'm not even going to get into it I'm not he, 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 I, Whatever Vic Joe did great Now we got Phillips and Saxton 
King is the only survivor from the whole new switch to the new commentary team. And, I mean, you see a veteran for what a veteran is worth. So, shouts to King. Shouts to Saxton for, you know, being back on commentary. And shouts to Phillips. Phillips and Saxton work really well together. And King, running point. I think uh, as Phillips and Saxton get reacclimated to doing the raw thing, and things will balance out a little bit. Because King was uh, right. He was neck and neck with the play-by-play commentary. You know, he, he was there, and he wasn't necessarily throwing out play-by-play. He was definitely telling the story and being a funny heel in his ways, and, you know. But, you know, it's, uh, like I said, it's progressive. So, shouts to shouts to a new commentary. That, that's what's up. But as far as Carrillo goes, uh, yeah, we definitely need more than just a couple of arm drags and, and, and cutesy flips. That's not trying to diss him. You know what I mean? But we need a little bit more of that. Like, like his form. And the way he does things is so proper. And I respect that. But we need more out of our champion. We need a little bit of scrappiness. We need we need you to not have to think twice about Hamalock and DDT and somebody that put you in a fucking hospital and took you off the took you off the motherfucking roster for weeks or however we gonna call it. That's what we need. We need some grit. And yes, I'm one to talk. But <laughs> grit. Look at that. Shouts to Edge, and we'll get into that later on. Uh what's the next matchup we got? We got Charlotte versus Oscar next up in a in a pretty good match. They said it picked up toward the end. Uh I wasn't let's say this. I wasn't watching with the same uh with the same eye that I was watching Becky and Oscar, but there was more story there. We've seen Charlotte and Oscar a couple of times, and uh it was a disqualification this time around, which is what I was really, really watching for. How who's gonna win this? Charlotte has gotten the best of Oscar a number of times. Uh, you know, just with Mania and then the matches that they've had. So they don't want anyone to look bad. They don't want anyone to look weak. This is the way they built the dynamic in WWE. So there was a disqualification. Nobody looks weak. Nobody loses. I'm not mad at it at all. One thing I will say, though, and I am just, just ecstatic. For months upon months, probably a year, probably well over a year. I honestly don't keep count anymore because when I rock, when I latch with a superstar, I'm with you. You know? I'm with you. Charlotte has been doing this moonsault for a long time, and it got to the extent where even certain fans in the WWE universe uh, had things to say about her moonsault. I've been following it. I've been wanting to add my own input for a very long time with maybe she's bending her legs too much or maybe she's spinning too fast or whatever. Like, well, on Monday at Durham Raw, when she threw out her moonsault, guess what? She rotated perfectly. And whatever she's been practicing, that's the way to do it. Yeah, she missed. Yeah, she missed. Fine. But whatever, because I was just good from that. She hit the moon, so it looked perfect. That's the way you need to do it. I hope the next one looks just as good. But at the same time, I want such a high with Charlotte hitting that moon salt the way she wanted to. And if she don't hit it, I think I'm going to get depressed. So it's like, no, maybe we should just hold off and wait. But nah, I was so excited for Charlotte hitting that moon So Congratulations. Goddamn Winky. Don't wink at me. Don't wink. Just, just know that I'm proud of Charlotte Zoffler. She did her damn thing and didn't look bad in there against Oscar at all. Oscar is Oscar. There's no question that the Empress of Tomorrow is one, 
right now she's number she's slotted at three. She slotted at three. If we go and slot her at two, it's only because Becky and Charlotte are tied at one. That's real. That's real. Take it how you need to. If you don't like the fact that Charlotte is getting it the way you're getting it, remind yourself to the weeks on TV where we didn't see Charlotte. Remind yourself of the times where we've seen Charlotte have the championship for a little while, but then lose it. Don't tell yourself, oh, she's a 10-time champion, because most people will say, okay, well, that means you just lost the title nine times. It means you got pinned nine times. You should be a long-reigning champion. And I'm not about to sit here and go at Charlotte for any of that. I respect the fact that she's a champion, but above that, I respect the fact that Charlotte is someone who said, no, I will not be compared to my father just because of my last name. I will be someone that makes their own lane and is given the opportunities because they were earned. And that's what Charlotte does, in my opinion. We all know how Vince feels about his blondes. I like blondes, too. But I also like in-ring capability. There's small things where Charlotte can still work, you know, with... You know, like she is, everybody still needs work. Everybody still has progression. It's not like it's perfect. But I think that Charlotte is definitely improving, especially when she hit that moonsault. At certain spots throughout the match where it was, you know, it was ups and downs. They, they were getting used to each other, but we know she's scrappy. We know she want to get in there and do the damn thing. And at the end of the day, she still got that corkscrew that she ain't letting off on nobody. Come on. They, it's that corkscrew so fire, she don't use it, but they said, no, we need to put this in, like, opening signatures and shit. This needs to be one of the most epic replay moments, because that shit is fire. Just saying. It's no red arrow, but it got a lot of flair to it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, but whatever. Let's, let's, let's continue on, because I'm over, like I said, I'm riled up. So, that was Charlotte Oscar. That was good. It's fun stuff. I'm proud of Charlotte for that. 24-7 championship was on the line apparently. We've we got a uh, what's his name now? Mojo. Mojo Raleigh. The the uh, with, with Riddick Moss. Somebody has a sense of humor. And I'm trying to work on mine. Uh who's it? Uh what can we say? Uh, I think that there's a storyline with the 24-7 championship that, you know, they're trying to tell. Like, it doesn't matter what superstar has it. All that matters is how, how the championship is defended. So he went in there. He had his fight against No Way Jose. I, I try to learn as much as I can. I could be, you know, you could tell me that I'm not necessarily the best watcher. I don't watch the product the best way. I can comprehend that. I get it. I, I understand your meaning. But at the same time, I do think that, uh, you know, just with intentionally trying to grow, you know, and understanding the product and the way that the stories are told and such like that. And that's from, that's from a space practicing the humility, you know, because that's the way I feel toward the product. You know what I mean? Like a guy like Mojo Raleigh that doesn't, well, that hasn't been highlighted for his offensive prowess. You know, he's somebody that uh, can actually make something of the 24-7 championship being like a serious championship. But being a cowardly title is the way that WWE has decided to script it for a while now. So it's going to take some wins and some big matches for Mojo to make the 24-7 championship be taken seriously. You don't even see people that 
are the highest on the totem pole uh, chasing after the championship when it was, uh, you know, written as the Cowardly Championship. Mojo Rawley picks up the victory on No Way Jose, which I was like, you know, this is a crowd interaction thing. The people are into it. It's something that rests the crowd from, uh, you know, all of that craziness that was happening. You don't want to wear them out for the main event anglers and such like that. So whatever. I'm not even I'm not even mad at it. Our truth comes in dressed up as the cheeseburger and um, he uh, what was it? It was a uh, he got the roll up. It was OK. And um, I think uh, Mojo came back and picked up the victory again. So, you know, good stuff. Uh, Rennick Moss is his offensive lineman. Oh, goodness. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let that do its thing and be what it is until uh, further notice. I have no words on it. It sounds comical. You know what I mean? Like, it... it <laughs> That was what actually did make me chuckle at this segment because, it, uh, oh man, there are times where I literally don't, I don't be wanting to, you know, like, ah, uh, jeez. But whatever, like, you know, it, like if you're going to make it a jokey title, make it a jokey title, but they're trying to make it a more serious title, so it's like, all right, you know what, I'm not going to be too against it. Liv Morgan takes on Lana next. Shouts to Faja, shouts to Lana. Uh... Lana could talk good shit, and it makes you hate her. That's 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 heel 101. So Lana's doing her thing. Shouts to Lana for it. I'm not against it. I think she's uh, you know, just the annoying, the high, the high pitchedness. What what's good about Lana is she's like a new age Vicky Guerrero, and hot. So it's like, yo, they, why would we why would we be against this? Okay, she's not the greatest in the ring, but. I would actually like to see Lana good, but I want to see all the superstars excellent from, like, an offensive level. You know what I mean? Like, I want to see all three elements from each superstar each time they get into the ring. But I think WWE doing this so different with the superstars and showcasing certain superstars, it's like, I I think at the end of the day, this is what makes WWE special. Instead of us having some constant flippies and all the wildness and all that, it's like, okay... We've got some craziness happen. Like it's like it's just it's a it's a fun way of telling stories. It's a form of mastery shown instead of having things that will uh, leave one injured potentially by the end of the match. Whatever. Liv went in there with Lana. Liv looks excellent. Like she's she's I I'm so close to saying perfect. Like there's there's still a level of offense that she needs to practice, obviously. But at the same time, Liv Morgan is totally killing it right now like you know we're seeing little by little what she's capable of in the ring we know that she still has more in the tank I don't necessarily see the women's championship on her right now but this being like some little side story that you know that they're having in the women's division it's uh you know it's it's fun but it's because I decided to make it fun the gay angle, the wedding angle, Livalina being completely tossed to the side for that angle. I am still a little upset about that. But, and it doesn't mean much coming from this side, but I am exercising a form of forgiveness with that. 
only because it was so hyped up, but then we just got a gay angle, which is like, that's, 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 that's underwhelming. But now we're getting to see two superstars on the up and up as far as in-ring capability goes, getting in and do the thing. I know Liv could do it on the microphone. We all know Lana could do it on the microphone. So we're going to see how much, like, I, we, we, we asked Lacey Evans to, to practice in her performance. In-ring, I'm going to ask the same of Lana and Liv. I want the people to enjoy the rivalry. And I'm, I'm really saying that. So whoever it is listening, hello headphones. <laughs> if, even if you're not wearing them, you know I'm talking to you. I would like Lana and Liv to be appreciated, getting in there, putting their shit on the line just as much as, you know, Charlotte and Becky, Bailey and Sasha, <laughs> Lacey and Dana. Bang, bang, bang. Lacey and Mella. You know what I mean? And I could keep going. Lacey and Mella. You see how we said Lacey twice because she put twice to practice in? Take nothing away from Natty. But Natty don't need to practice. She just practiced because she wants to because she's already great. Mandy and Sonya. You know what I mean? We want to see we want to see people uh, appreciate the match. We want to see them invest themselves in this. So part of that is having the offensive capability. And they've got something but there's still more being desired. And I can feel that from the WWE universe. But shouts to Lana and shouts to Liv for getting in there and doing their thing. After weeks and weeks and weeks, it is being built. Whatever, though. Uh, Eric Rowan defeats Un Locale in no time flat. There's nothing with the cage tonight. Nothing with the uh, no, no talk with the burlap sack. And, you know, no real reference made outside of King, you know, joking around with Byron, which was kind of funny about the uh, little knapsack that he's carrying around. Uh, I, I, I heard a funny one this week about what it could be in there, but I forgot what it was, so whatever. Either way, it was uh, all right. Um, and since we just had our Eric Rowan segment, you know it's only fair that we take these next couple of moments to campaign for Matthew Hardy because... We're not getting this broken universe thing. Word is we just going job Matt Hardy out? Like, is that what we doing? We just go, we just gonna have Matt Hardy take the loss, not give in to his creativity, and then probably go and have the world captivated. I know for a fact because of the resonance that I have with Matthew and Jeffrey Hardy that this gimmick of I don't even want to say gimmick this broken character of Matt Hardy is maybe not the savior of sports entertainment because clearly there's already a messiah. <laughs> that was my Seth impression. But Matt Hardy can totally bring eyes to a product. Let him do his broken universe stuff. 
Let them do it. Why not? What are we afraid of? Because he owns the rights to it. Look, I'm not about to sit here and try to argue down a stubborn billionaire. That's not my style. I'm stubborn myself. I do believe in no disrespect that this billionaire is connected with me in spirit. Like, we both have an extremely primal part of ourselves that he gets to embrace a little more than I do, granted. But we still have to keep in check a lot. So, I can understand that, you know, maybe he doesn't want to, you know, share share the sugar, if you will. Nah, that's not there. You didn't have in, in between these walls. So... Nah, you don't get to go do all your cool shit. So you gonna let him go do that up the block, man? People shouldn't eat at the chum bucket, but we can't tell people where to eat. The rated R superstar returns. Edge having probably the biggest moment of the night. On the men's side of the Royal Rumble. Because the women's side of the Royal Rumble. Trinity Fatu. Naomi came back home finally. And you know with the music and all the rest of that. Look I'll be here all day talking about. Talking about damn Trin Oos. I refuse. But. Edge had probably the greatest moment in the Rumble. Showing us how often Edge comes back. And hearing that same pop. That same sound, and it doesn't ever change, man. I was in high school, and Edge was being idolized by females that didn't even really watch the product. I'm just saying. Edge coming back is something that felt good. You know, it was it's, it's right along the lines of Daniel Bryan's return, you know, and that's not in comparison to take away from, you know, the special effect of any one of them. But Edge coming back was great. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I'm not as enamored with this whole thing as the rest of the WWE universe is. Don't twist my wording. I was not around for Rated RKO. Of course, though, though that name, oh, that, that tag team name, first of all, it was great. You know that shit bubbled up to my side even when I wasn't watching the product. Believe me, I knew, oh, Randy and Edge got together? Huh, that could be cool. That could be a thing. Ah, that sounds pretty good. Those two, like, Edge got one of the top five spins, top three, actually. You know, like, even when we was playing the video games, like, I definitely had Edge's spear on purpose because of the way, you know, he get down, he start bouncing and telling person to get up, all that, with the hair and the energy, even with his entrance, the way he's, Yo, man, Edge, we'll be here all day. I honestly saw straight through Randy, man. Now, I thought of a storyline for this, and it is the main event. I'm glad I had an extra day just to continue thinking about it. So if you can just give me a moment uh, and and entertain this idea, uh, I can give you uh, what came to mind. Now, Randy got eliminated by Edge. But Edge was trying in the Royal Rumble. But Edge was trying to uh, get back at him because of the obvious. What is it? 
Well, well because of the obvious RKO that Randy was going to throw out there at him. So... I can't remember the storyline now, but just moving forward with their argument, it's like, well, why would you try to eliminate me, bro? We could have waited until later on. Oh, I'm the ultimate opportunist or whatever. Oh, man, damn it. I'm upset because I definitely had the conversation or at least one of the promos down. I guess I'll think about it and speak on it another time, like later on or something when it comes back to me. But all in all, uh... Randy gets the better of Edge because, you know, you don't trust the Viper, obviously. Now Randy and Edge are going to have their uh, rivalry, and we're not going to see Rated RKO back together, apparently. Maybe, maybe not, but for right now, it's uh, we all seen Randy hit the RKO out of nowhere on Edge. I don't really think that one was out of nowhere too tough, but I think because everyone was so men- emotionally affected... <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, because Randy was so emotional, I mean, because the people were so emotionally affected, they definitely didn't see it happening. They saw Randy working him. They saw him, you know, like he's obviously going to RKO this man. You know, like if we see if we see these guys actually get back together, then holy shit for the tag team division. And that makes the tag titles that much more important. But uh, not what we got. We got the RKO. That's fine. Randy is uh, upset that Edge threw him out. Edge claims he's the ultimate opportunist. And now Randy, well, and, you know, Randy's like, okay, well, I did try to RKO. Well, Edge is like, Randy tried to RKO. I'm trying to get this story out because it's like I did have something good. And it's like, well, now they have their reason to fight because you fucked up my mania moment. Do you know how many times Randy's been in like the top four or the final four of the Rumble? There we go. Thank you for being patient with me. Randy's been in the Rumble, the top five, top four spot in the final four for years on end. This is video package worthy stuff. In my opinion, I believe Randy stays in like the final four or something like that. And he wanted his road back to WrestleMania solidified. Edge fucked that up. So don't be mad, Randy. Don't be mad at me for trying to take an ultimate opportunity and then you fucked it up and then you eliminated me anyway and he was trying to show him you could see that randy was being jokey with him but i mean it's still the rumble but this is something that randy i mean he's a heel now right so this is the this is the nonsense that he can make like look man i told you i was just joking around when he was like hey you know, I was just, you know, it's, it's WrestleMania. But it was serious. They could have waited until the end and had their fight. You know what I mean? And let it be the final two. But no, Randy wanted to get rid of him. And now, I mean, not Randy. Edge wanted to get rid of him in the Rumble. And now, guess what? Neither one of them won the Rumble. So now we're building to Mania. I'm saying. I'm saying. It's it's like you got... It's foundation. It's foundation. There that goes. And, and it goes di- 
directly to the story of of the Rumble. Like, the way the stories were being told in the match. And this is why I said I appreciated seeing, like, the small interval stories. Like, these are quick 90-second stories that that you can just see. People get their moments. People, like, it's fun for the crowd. It keeps things interesting until the next person. And it makes every superstar, even if we're not the highest on them, it makes us interested in seeing how their interaction is going to be now being a newly added element to the story. Randy and Edge, they're mad at each other. Randy tried to RKO Edge, but he wants to go to Mania because he's been in the Final Four, but just couldn't get the job done at the Rumble. He's already won twice. He wants to win three times so he could be up there with Stone Cold. Yo, man, this shit, this is almost right in itself. I'm saying these things could be in the promos. These things could be in the promos. And we could really build to something, man. Like, in, in, in the Mania package... In the Mania package, we could definitely have, you know, them going back to the Rumble and the video. You know, like, look, it's it could be really, really good stuff. Either way, that was raw. Part of my lateness, but it's all good. Uh, it was a good show. It was fun. I'm glad that we're building to a Mania like this, and I'm I'm anticipating it. Shout out to everybody to bring you the podcast each and every week. 36 minutes on this, 37 minutes on this, I don't care because I missed the day on it and I had some extra time to think about it. So, before all of that, be responsible with your power, folks. I will catch y'all next time. Peace.